Most people know me as a person who helps podcasters grow top-ranked shows. I think that people are afraid to fail. I'll record a whole podcast. I'm like, that wasn't very good. Delete. I don't care if zero people download it. I've been editing audio for 20 years. This is something people won't tell you. See too many people worried about downloads. And the trick with downloads is whoever's listening to this episode is going to learn something about how to do an interview. Here's the thing that podcasters need to know. This is the best podcast about podcasting I've ever been on. Welcome to Inside the Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Rob J. And if you haven't gathered from that intro, this is going to be a great episode. So today's guest is podcast creator, editor, producer, and he's the host of Podcast Builder Club, Travis Brown. So in the conversation you're about to hear, Travis dropped some serious podcast knowledge from his over eight years in the podcasting space. Now, if you've been following on Instagram, then you would already know that. And not only would you already know that, but you would have gone behind the scenes of that epic intro that you just heard. And you will have seen clips from this show already. And you should be super excited for this episode. And if you are not following on Instagram, where I post everything that I've learned from doing this show that I think might help you with your podcast, then I would highly recommend you go and check out this show on Instagram at Inside the Pod Studio. So some of the things that you're going to learn from this episode are why download numbers are not anywhere near as important as you thought they were what metrics you should be paying attention to to grow your show, how to separate a good from a bad episode and make sure that you continue making great episodes. That is definitely one you want to listen to. How to create content freely and why you should experiment with your show. How to provide value for your audience. Tons and tons of value in this episode and much, much more. And as a side note, I also want to mention, as we didn't really touch on it in the show, but Travis is also the founder of of pod decks which are these awesome packs of cards that you can buy that have questions that you can use on your podcast or for guests like different packs of cards with all different questions and all different topics so i highly recommend you go and check those out and with that said now here's my conversation with travis so i didn't know who you were literally until probably like 20 minutes before i emailed you and said would you be on this show so for people that don't know who you are can you give us just a quick, you know, bullet point synopsis? Like, who is Travis Brown? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not even sure I know who I am yet. And I think that's the beauty of life. But most people know me as a person who helps podcasters grow top rank shows. So I'm a podcast editor. I have a company called Poddex, which is a tool for podcasters to spark great conversations. And then I have all kinds of educational pieces under Podcast Builder Club. So you could say I'm pretty invested in podcasting and helping people overcome obstacles that keep them from being creators in in my favorite medium in the world. Okay. All right. That's that's a pretty good answer for if you're not sure who you are. That's, that's, that's pretty to the point. So I, I've been listening to you all day today because I wanted to make sure that I didn't cover like old ground over and over again. So I always find it interesting with podcasters, right? Like up until now, so 2021, there isn't like, you can't go into podcast as a profession. Like there might be now, I don't know, or maybe in a couple of years, it'll be like YouTube, right? There was no YouTubers and now YouTuber is a thing. So everyone has like a past, like, you know, I'm a lawyer or I'm a marketer. Maybe they're super famous in podcasting and they still have a full-time job. So what were you doing before you got into the podcast world? 
Yeah. So I used to be a professional musician or a gypsy, as I like to call it. So uh, I was in a punk rock band and I traveled the world and country in a van and drove all over the place performing songs I had written for people, sleeping on couches, partying with people, sleeping in parking lots, you know, a complete extrovert. So when it came to podcasting, you know, I already had an audio background. I already had the microphone and I already liked entertaining people. So for me, it was like, wait, you mean I can just talk into this mic and people will listen? Great. Let's do that. So I have empathy for people who aren't extroverted as I am. I can walk into any room with any kind of person and make a friend. I know there are people that would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, I do have a lot of empathy for people who are like, I'm not really sure I want to start a podcast. So I've been in music and entertainment and arts my whole life. I'm just a creative weirdo. And uh, luckily for me, podcasts are something that you can do. All right. Awesome. So you were a musician, as you said, and you've got a ton of experience in like audio engineering and all the stuff that I have no idea how that works. Like I know the buttons in Audacity that I need to press. It makes it sound nice and I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into the podcast space? Like how did you go from I'm a musician to I'm a podcast editor and producer and, and all that stuff. Absolutely. So I had uh, basically quit my band, which if you're a band person, like that means your whole world ends because it's all you think about, right? So basically I was looking at all my friends who were 25, 26, they all had health insurance, jobs, cars, and I had nothing. I had zero dollars in the bank. I was just a party animal traveling the world having fun. So I wanted what they had. So I got myself a big boy job, a job in a cubicle where I would drive an hour every day to to be a regular person. And on that journey, I discovered podcasting. And I started listening to podcasts. And the thing that stuck out to me was that some of them sounded so bad, like so bad. And I thought, hmm. I know how to make audio, like music. Could I help people make better podcasts? So I ended up at a mastermind group and I met a guy who wanted to start a podcast. And I said, please let me start your podcast for you. Let me help you. And that's that was 10 years ago. And from there, it just spiraled out of control. I fell in love with it, started podcasting, started helping other people and just went all in on something that I could really commit to. All right. So so you got into podcasting, right? And you've been doing this. I think now is it is it eight or nine years that you've been you've been involved? Um, let's see. So I'm trying to think it's it's all a blur. Right? When you get to my age, everything's just a blur. Probably eight or nine years. Okay, we'll go with all. Okay, cool. So eight or nine years that you've been doing this, right? And you've been editing and producing podcasts. And I think from what I read online, you know, you've helped launch hundreds of shows mm -hmm. and you've probably at this point edited thousands and produced thousands of episodes, right? Yes. So what made you decide that you're going to start your show? So your show is Podcast Builder Studio. So what made you decide that you're going to start that show? And specifically, I'm interested in kind of like why now? Because I feel like if I had been involved for as long as you had, I probably would have wanted to do it a long time before. So why now? Yeah, good, great question. So uh, the, the first answer is how fraudulent to be a person who promotes podcasting that doesn't podcast, right? It'd be like a, a vegetarian who eats meat, right? So, um, that was part <laughs> sure. of, that was part of that. And I've been podcasting for a long time. It just hasn't been in the podcasting industry. And what always happens to me is I'll start podcasting and then I take on a bunch more clients and I have to sacrifice the creativity of myself for clients. So um, part of this was saying like, listen, this is a great medium for you, Travis. This is just me talking to myself. This is a great medium for you. It's an example you can set for others. And so it really just came down to like, 
how can you teach someone to do something that you're not doing yourself? So I, I started Podcast Builder Club as a podcast to just share what I'm learning. I'm always experimenting and testing things out and learning. And then I just share what I've learned. So kind of like a podcast lab rat for you. Sure. Okay. All right. So that makes sense, right? And I've been listening to it. Like I said, I've been listening to it all day. I've been listening to it in the weeks leading up to this, but today I was like, you know, a bunch of, I just binged a bunch of episodes and was making notes and it's super, it's super useful, right? Like I've been, I have another podcast, which I've been doing for like a year and I feel like I've listened to all the podcasts about podcasting and I've read all the things and there was still things where I was like, oh, nobody said this before. I might go and try it. <laughs> good, that. good. So that was cool. So for the listeners who haven't heard the show, can you give us just like a synopsis of what it is about? Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is not like a techie nerdy podcast. It's about uh, strategies and mindset. So anybody can start a podcast right now. You take out your phone, you start talking into it, you put it on the internet. But what's going to happen to you is you're going to get infected with all this information from the gurus and the experts are going to tell you you need to scale, you need to do this, you need to do that, and you're going to get overwhelmed. And what's going to happen is you're going to probably quit. And so what I do is it's kind of like Tim Ferriss meets Pat Flynn, right? It's more of the the, the mindset with a little bit of strategy. And my goal is just to, to break you off these little snacks that you can eat uh, in your ears where you can say, oh, cool, I didn't know that before. I can apply that and try that. Or you could say, that's not for me. Or you have somebody in your ear helping you remember that content creation and podcasting can, can become a full-time job overnight. Like you, you have to record, you have to get a guest, you have to prepare, you have to promote it. It's a lot of work. So the whole goal is to make a non-techie. I don't talk about microphone cables or any like I, I, it's not it's not an audio nerd podcast. It's more of like your podcast best friend who's like trying to keep you on track. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I like the the audio snacks for your ears. Yes, that's, that's cool. I'm going to steal that and use that somewhere. I don't know where. Yet. It's yours. Take it. OK, awesome. So what I want to do with this show is I want like people to talk about their journey and, and I'm, and I'm going to ask guests, you know, like, how did you launch the show? Because everybody has kind of a different process. Mine was, you know, I've been listening to podcasts since they were just MP3 files and you had to download them and like copy them to your phone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've been listening for a long time and I was like, oh, I know about podcasts. And at some point I finally stopped procrastinating and I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. And then suddenly it's like, I know nothing about podcasts. It's like, where, well, who do you get to host it? What sound editor are you going to use? Even down to like, you know, what kilobits per second are you going to record? Like your MP3, it just gets crazy, right? Yeah. So you've launched hundreds of shows and you've edited, you know, thousands of podcast episodes. So how did you approach that? You know, I've got this idea. And then what did your next steps look like to actually go from, I've got this idea to here's the first episode? Well, uh, one of my gifts is to create with reckless abandon, which is also one of my downfalls. So when I decided to launch this podcast, I just decided that it would be and I started making things. So with my rollout, um, I did it similar to what, what I do with my clients where I made a trailer and I pushed that through so Apple would approve it. And then I released three episodes that kind of went through who I am, what my mission is, and then so just got into value. My whole goal is like, how fast can I get you to value town, which meant over time, I got rid of my intro. I was like, you know what? No one needs to hear this intro. They need to hear value. So I just go transition into the actual most important thing I need to tell you right away. And so this is something that I think most people need to hear is that like, this is your permission slip to try things and create things without it being perfect. I think everyone's taking notes and trying to make this perfect plan. And I'm all for having a plan. 
But if the plan stops you from actually pushing the record button and just like throwing throwing paint on a canvas and seeing where it drips, then you're not going to really enjoy the process. You're going to be too worried about the expectations you've set. So I think at some point I got tired of not podcasting. Like I really like I've been teaching podcasting and I'm like, well, let me just show you. And I just decided to do it. I just it was just a decision. It was like, let's go. Let's just do this. So I don't think. I put a lot of thought into it. I just got excited. And when I get excited, I know that I'm on the right track and I just went for it. And the the show has changed since day one. Like there used to be a long winded intro. The episodes used to be longer. And now I'm doing a lot more storytelling production style, just like quick hits of information so people can like listen while they're doing the dishes. Listen, get some get some value quickly and then go apply it, right? That's the whole idea of my podcast. Okay, so so I would agree it's changed, right? Even from the name, because the first episode I listened to today and it was like podcast therapy and it's not that yes. anymore, right? But when it comes to like the intro and stuff, so is this stuff that you learned? So you, you've started doing a podcast and I would assume before, was that something that you were telling clients was like, you know, you need an intro and then you need this. And then as you were doing it, you were like, oh, actually, you don't need any of this stuff. Yes. So here's the whole thing with anything you're learning, podcasting, YouTube, building a business. If it's st- if you're stuck staying the same forever, you're you're stagnant. So you have to you have to do two things. One, you have to keep up with like, OK, um, what's changing in the industry? And then two, I really like to put myself in the listener's shoes. I'm a fan of podcasting. So when I listen to a podcast, I real I recognize the things I really like. And I things I really don't like. And I don't like skipping through an intro. I already like your podcast. I already know why I'm here. Why do I have to press that 30 second button five times to get to the part that I want? So I basically just, you know, in five years ago, you needed an intro. It was just kind of how the world worked. And podcasting wasn't as widely accepted as it is today. When I tell people you have a podcast, it's like, oh, a podcast. It's just like telling someone you have an electric car, right? It's like, oh, cool. You have an electric car. So I think that what most podcasters do is they they imitate at first, which is great. Like you're 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 re, you're basically imitating. You're becoming a creative mirror of something that you admire, which is a really great way to start. But you also have to put yourself in the the shoes of the listener. So in my business, you know, I ship product, and I don't like when I buy something and I don't get a tracking number, I don't get any follow up. So I instill that into my business. When I'm listening to a podcast, I don't want to sit through the what the what the weather was, where how you're feeling get me to the thing that you said was in the title and then you can unfold some things with me. But like, I think that we're in a, in a instant gratification society culture across the world and your time is valuable. So if you don't hit people right away with something that's worth sticking in into, they're going to go somewhere else. So, you know, my, my entire philosophy in life, Rob is I make things that I want to see in the world, whether that's music if there's music I can't hear, I'm going to make it. If there's art I can't see, I'm going to make it. If there's a podcast I can't hear, I'm going to make it. So that is my personal philosophy. And I think that if you imitate it first, it's great. But then you need to think about your listeners, what what's best for them. I would agree with that. And I like that if I can't find it in the world, I'm going to make it. Because outside of podcasting, I do app development. And all the apps that I've ever built was just like, I want this thing. It doesn't exist. I'm just going to go build it. Maybe somebody else wants it too. Absolutely. So I've read, I've heard, I should say, your thoughts on on downloads and statistics and analytics and all this kind of thing. I know you have your own views on that. Um, and I definitely want to dig into that. But before I dig into that, I think it's kind of, I don't know if important is the right word, but I know from my point of view, 
when you start a podcast, your download numbers look like this. And then six months in, they might look like this. And then a year in, they might look like this. And I feel like nobody talks about what the this is. So everyone's just like, oh, I've only got one download in my first four episodes. So I'm just going to give up because everybody else has got hundreds mm -hmm. or thousands. Or this podcast I listen to has got millions. When for all we know, it might have five, right? So, so from launching this show, I think it would be super interesting if you could just give us like a, not like a breakdown, but just like a rough outline. You know, what did the downloads in, let's say the first four episodes of the first month, what did that look like? Mm, I have no idea because I don't, I could look. But I don't spend any. T you don't. You don't. You don't have to because I know that you don't look. I just wanted to see if you knew. I don't like if you had. I don't looked. even know what it is now. And this is simply okay. So this is something people won't tell you. But when you worry about downloads, you're you're basically valuing your creation, your art, your. And I, I do think of podcasting as an art form. It's storytelling. It's 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 something we've done for thousands of years. You're basically distilling it to being valued at what some analytics tool tells you. And then you devalue yourself as a creator. And with downloads, it's like, yeah, so I, I launch an episode and maybe that week it gets, let's just say it gets 50. Well, that's great. But the thing lives on forever. And so measuring something's downloads the first week is like saying that's its potential. It's got a shelf life of a week, which in podcast consumption is untrue. People binge content. So it's going to continue to get downloads for a long time. So how could you measure something that doesn't end? Uh, that's just my personal thought process. And I see too many people worried about downloads. And the trick with downloads is it's a flawed system. Downloads only mean it was downloaded to a device. It doesn't mean someone listened to it. It doesn't mean someone hated it. It doesn't mean someone loved it. It just means it went to a device. You can buy downloads. If you want more downloads, go spend $60 on Instagram and someone will download a bunch of podcasts on a server farm for you. But it comes down to it comes down to this question. And this is a question my mentor asked me once that really blew my mind. I was worried about someone stealing my business idea, which is a, a scarcity mentality, which is not good. And he said, so say somebody comes along and does the same thing you're going to do. Are you going to quit? I said, no. And he's like, you're going to you just going to close up shop? I said, no. And what most people do is they put that value of the downloads in the way of their creation. So I create freely, like I said, what I want to hear, what I want to share. I don't care if zero people download it. I have a great time crafting it and making it. And that's why I podcast. That's an awesome answer. So leading on to that, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but like podcasters, you get told, or maybe you don't get told, maybe it's just like, this is intuit, like downloads. It's like a Facebook post, right? Likes means mm -hmm. is good. Zero likes means is bad. Doesn't mean that nobody just clicked the like button. Like I scroll Instagram all day and I might like five posts. That doesn't mean I didn't like the other ones. I just didn't yep. stop to hit the like button. So as a podcaster, are there any metrics that you could look at? And they don't have to be like, you know, download numbers or street. It could be any metric, right? That somebody could look at to say, yes, I'm going in the right direction or no. Because for example, with my show, I'd look at download numbers and say, right, this one got a lot of downloads, this one didn't. And if that was an accurate measurement, maybe it means because this one was just me and this one was an interview. So like my listeners like to see one or the other. So what are or is a metric or metrics that somebody could look at and say like, hey, I'm going in the right direction? We'll be right back with this conversation. But just before we do, if you are wondering how the audio in this interview sounds so good, 
that is because it was recorded using Riverside.fm. So there's a lot of tools out there to record sound, Squadcast, Zencaster, they're all great. Personally, I'm using Riverside.fm right now and I really, really, really like it. So some of the benefits is one, it's cheaper than Squadcast, so that's definitely a plus. Two, it records studio quality audio on both sides of the conversation. So it records the conversation so you get the sound quality that you would get as if you were in exactly the same room as that person as opposed to the sound quality that you might get over something like Zoom or Skype. So I just wanted to shout out Riverside. Highly recommend them. If you want to give them a try, I think they give you two hours of a free trial and you get to keep all the audio and video that's recorded in those two hours. So definitely a good shout if you're thinking about giving it a go. And if you are thinking about giving Riverside a go, then you can use my link, which is in the show notes, or you can go to insidethepod.co slash Riverside. Now, back to the conversation. So what are or is a metric or metrics that somebody could look at and say like, hey, I'm going in the right direction? Yeah. So first of all, Rob, you're asking some great questions. This is the best podcast about podcasting I've ever been on. So thank you. Appreciate that. This is my first podcast on podcasting for the new podcast. You're the first guest. So I've not done this before. Well, you're crushing it. So anybody who's listening, go hit the five star review button on this podcast right now. Pause it and then come back. So I appreciate that. There are, and I love this question. So there are things that you can look at. So you can, like you mentioned, you can just, you can start to test solo episodes versus interview episodes and, and look at the download numbers, not for what the quantity is, but for what the, um, you know, how they compare. So maybe people love your solo stuff and they don't, they don't listen to as much as the interview because they're interviewed out. That means you should do more solo stuff. The two things that I look at in my podcast are this, uh, in Apple Podcast Connect and other apps, you can see the consumption percentage of your episode. This is just simply like 72%. And it's an average of how long people lasted through your episode. So this is a good indicator of completion, right? And if people are completing your entire episode, that means that you've formatted it the right way, your your value's been there the whole time. And so if you're seeing like 50%, 50%, 30%, you're not just, you're not capturing people and bringing them all the way there. So that's a really good analytic to be aware of. And then secondarily, I just, I ask a question or invite people off air every single episode. And and the way I measure success is that when people DM me, when I ask them to and say, hey, t- what's your favorite ice cream? And they say, hey, it's, it's mint chocolate chip. And I'm like, what are they? Oh, I'm like, oh yeah, I asked in my podcast about what your favorite ice cream is. That means that somebody listened, they heard the question, they took the action. And that's to me is worth thousands of downloads in a little download chart, because that means that the person is with me. And that's how I measure success. That makes sense. So then I want to kind of get into the social media stuff, but before we get that, I have one question. I just looked and I wrote it down and I didn't think to ask you before, which was, why did you change the name from Podcast Therapy to Podcast Builder Studio? Yeah, so um, I'm a huge proponent of therapy just like for human beings. Like I think if I ran for president, the first thing I would do is make therapy free for everybody (laughs) and try to remove the stigma that you're you're batshit crazy because you go talk to someone and digest your feelings. So When I first started the podcast, I had the idea of like, let's make this more of like the therapy couch where it's like, you you know, I'm not a doctor, but I think I can give good advice to keep someone's mind uh, sage and, and making decisions for podcasting. So I did that for a while. But when you searched it, 
it was competing with all these therapy shows. And I didn't want anybody to get confused because I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. And so I changed it to match the brand of all my other stuff. Podcast Builder Club is my website. Podcast Builder Club is my Facebook group. And I thought, let's just line it up from a branding standpoint and make it less confusing. And who knows, I may change the name again. Because you know what? In podcasting, you can do anything you want. You can you can change the name anytime you want and just keep your same feed. So don't overthink it. I totally agree. I was listening to an episode today where there was somebody, I think he had like a radar podcast. I don't yeah. even know where I heard this, but it was definitely you. And the guy was like, you know, how do I transition? And you just you just told him, like, you just keep the feed, you change the name, tell the listeners. I thought that was really good advice. I also think it's interesting because I don't know if people generally know how so like me being a techie i'm just like well the podcast feed is just rss feed you could change it to whatever you want Mm -hmm. but i feel like a lot of people don't know necessarily how it works so they're just like oh if i change the name it's a new podcast all my old listeners leave i just find it super interesting so you have a topic-based podcast right and what i wanted to ask is so my like my other show is interview style this show is interview style so how do you come up with topics for your show because you release one a week. Mm-hmm. So so how do you do that? How do you come up with topics for the show? Yeah, so I just, uh, so I basically have a community that, uh, so I have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group called Podcast Builder Club, and I nurture that audience. I nurture my community and I, I ask them, what do you need to know? And so really it just comes down to, there's three pillars in my content. There's mindset. So uh, I may read a book or remember something that kept me from being, creative that I'll share as a lesson. Two, it might be a strategy. So the the format of your podcast or um, you know, how to how to do something. And three, it it's, you know, I, I like doing interviews, but the amount of work it takes to get somebody for me. So here's my big thing. I won't have a guest on my show unless we can collaborate on how to make a great episode. And so most people pitch me, they say, I'd like to be on your podcast to talk about podcasting and we could talk about anything. And I'm like, no, what are you excited about? What have you learned? What can we build an episode around together? And that's where I lose people because they just want to hang out and talk about random stuff. And my content is super specific. So um, it really comes down to, I have a whole ecosystem of content. I have Instagram, I have YouTube videos, I have podcasts. And so I try to line them up and teach different Whatever I'm hot on that minute, whatever I've just learned, I'm sharing with my audience. So there's not really a formula. It's really just I'm answering questions I think people need to, to know the answer to. All right, that's fair. And then the other question that I had on that was with with those um, like episodes, do you script those or do you just like wing it as you record? It's a great question. So I use uh, a simple post-it note that's right in front of me. These are these are like a dollar. And I will just go, I go... Uh, I think about the rule of threes. So I don't know why I'm holding up my hand. Uh, (laughs) The rule of threes. In my experience of studying storytelling, of studying uh, a sitcom, for example, or Star Wars, it's all a three-part story arc. And so I'll write down three things that I think people need to know, and then I just record it. Like I just, I don't necessarily wing it. I will record it, and then I'll edit it to be how I want to. So I use transitions, I may mess up and stop and start again, or I might just re- record a whole thing and then record it again because I don't like scripts. I'm not a very scripty kind of person and it's not authentic to my voice. Yeah, this this is the question. That's why I was asking because the times that I've done solo episodes, I've tried to script them 
and it just it sounds like I'm just reading you something. And then when I when I've just like normally now I just do bullet points and I'll just stop and oh yeah this bullet point and I'll just riff and then edit it afterwards. But I was just wondering with your process because your episodes don't sound like you're reading something. Uh, but it also to me it just seems like that would be really hard to record an episode without having anything. So I guess the post-it notes solves that. Solves that. Yeah, I just put down three bullets and I do it. And here's the thing that uh, I think podcasters need to know: just because you record it doesn't mean it's like cemented in the world. Like just. I'll record a whole podcast. I'm like, that wasn't very good. Delete. Let's do it again. And scripts are for blogs. So if you want to write scripts, write a blog. But if you want to talk to people, and some of the funniest, some of my favorite moments in the podcast is when I like ad lib and it makes me laugh. Like I'm alone, but I've made myself laugh. I know that I'm onto something. So uh, again, if somebody listens to my podcast and they don't like that I take a breath or you know, they don't like it, then they can go listen to another podcast. My podcast isn't for everybody. And I think having that mindset of just like, I'm creating the thing I want to make so I can enjoy it really takes the handcuffs off you as a creator. Yeah. I also think like not looking at the download numbers also takes the handcuffs off because you could do whatever you want. And as long as you think it's good, then that's, that's good. And if people are, if people are, are into it and they're telling you they're into it, doesn't matter if there's only five of them. I, re- I just really like that idea. I think I might do that with this, which is super scary because I'm like, oh, I want to know, but maybe I don't. So I challenge you. I challenge you like set a date and just go, I'm not looking at the downloads until this number. And then when I look at them, realize that it's just a snapshot in time. It's not the, it's not the value of what you're doing. All right. I'll take you up on that. I'll give it like a month for a couple All of right. months. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So I want to jump back into the show. So when, when you record an episode, right? Well, let me, let me get my, what I'm trying to say in the right word sure. structure. Otherwise it's just going to sound like spaghetti. What does an episode look like end to end from you've come up with the idea this week, I'm going to talk about this to is published. What does that process look like? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the episode has to have some type of theme or concept that that is going to specifically give someone value, in my opinion. So uh, let's just say um, the example of the the podcast format. So I'm going to express to someone how they can go from having a giant piece of audio content that loses listeners to making some small tweaks that are going to keep people listening by using audio cues and keeping people's attention. So that that would be my my sort of uh, overview, right? So I would write the three things down, the three main topics, the three main things that I have to hit on the post-it note. And then I'll sit down and just record, okay? And I record without worrying about it being perfect. If I mess up, all I do is I go like this. And in my audio file, there's a huge spike spike and I know that's where an edit will be. So it saves me time on the editing process. So I'll record the whole thing until I feel like, I got my message across in the way I wanted to. Then I will record the um, the hook, which is the first thing you hear in my podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you the exact way that you can uh, increase your podcast listeners' attention by 300% by just making this one small tweak to your format, right? So what I'm doing there is I'm letting people know like immediately, this episode, if you're interested in this, is for you. And if it's not, you're free to go. Then I'll record the call to action, which is uh, what I want people to do. And I rotate through inviting people to my free community, to purchasing a product, to answering a question. And I just, I'll just, it depends on what my marketing strategies are that week. I'll just record that. And then I sit down and edit it. So it starts with the hook and then I add my transition and then I will go through that content that I recorded and I'll actually listen to it and put in transition music, uh, sound effects if needed, 
and put that call to action on and then I bounce it out. I'll skip through it a little bit, listen to it. Uh, and then I will, I have a team. They listen to the podcast again to make sure it makes sense. And then they'll write me a little show notes and then they publish it for me. Okay. So end to end, are we talking like a couple of days or a week or, or a day? How, how long is that? You know, say if you were going to re- release a podcast next Wednesday and you start it this Wednesday, like how, how quickly does that happen? Two hours. Okay. Awesome. All right. That's, that's what I was interested in because that is, that is quick and very efficient. You do have to remember, like, I've been editing audio for for 20 years. So to me, it's a native thing that I do. If you were going to ask me to do your taxes, it would take me three years, right? Where it could take an accountant two hours. But when I do this stuff, it's like, I just do it from start to finish. Like, I don't, like, go take a break and do anything else. I make a podcast and then it's done. And then it can, and then I'm done with that task. I gotcha. Okay. That's, that's what I was interested in. Cause I, I, I figured it would be different for you versus somebody that's like not been doing it for as long as you have. Cause you know, for me, it's like, you know, record this today. Then at some point, I don't know when I'll edit it. And that might take, you know, a day or two days. Cause I can't just sit in front of this for like hours on end. Cause I'll go crazy. Yeah. And then at some point I write the show notes, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So two hours is super efficient. I like that. So you mentioned in your latest episode, I think you kind of just like whizzed past it but it caught my ear which is that when you're editing someone's show or when you've been editing someone's show before you could tell like this is going to be a good episode this maybe not so much right Mm -hmm. so are there any kind of without knowing the specifics of someone's show that's listening are there any generalities that you could say you know this is what could make it a good show or this is what's definitely going to be a bad show absolutely so bad shows unfocused no real point. It's a podcast, a podcast, and there's a lot of small talk. So it never goes deep. It's just, so why did you start a podcast? What, you know, like the basic sort of what I'll call tip of the iceberg questions. It never gets deep. A good episode will be something that has an in- inherent value to it. Like now that I've heard this audio, I can actually go do something with an informed mind or vulnerability. So somebody who sheds their their skin and says, you know, like myself, like I quit drinking two years ago, right? And I talk about it openly because I think that, uh, you know, it, I was a gypsy, I was in a, I was in a rock and roll band and alcohol was like a pillar of my life. And to remove that from my life was a, was a difficult thing. And but it's been the best decision I ever made. So sharing that vulnerability that I'm not up on the mountain, I'm not the expert, I'm not the perfect person makes for really magnetic content. So if you look at like Joe Rogan or Dak Shepard or anybody who's on the top of the podcasting game, what they do is not only are they vulnerable and share their vulnerabilities with their audience, but they get their guests to do the same thing. So what I recommend is if you're doing an interview podcast is you want to, first of all, you want to ask questions that are that are going to lead somewhere, but then you want to try to get them to go a little deeper into maybe the struggle, maybe overcoming things. And then the other thing I love and what I've really loved about this podcast is that you've done your research, first of all, like you've, you, you've listened to my stuff. So this isn't just a, some crazy conversation, but you haven't necessarily just asked me softball questions. Like you actually put some thought into the questions, which makes this interview different than anyone that I've ever done and probably my favorite ever. So I think that, that basically if you're just podcasting to have an interview and it never really gets deep then that's a good indication it's just a it's just another podcast but if you can get somebody to 
to share something really, and I'm not saying be intrusive into people's lives, but you have to go deeper than like, so let me use an example of an author. Everyone's going to go, so when did you decide to write the book? Or, you know, everyone thinks they could write a book. Why did you write this book? Bad question. The real question is, so you're writing this book, you're spending, you're pouring your heart out into it. Was there ever a time when you were writing this book where you just felt like deleting it, throwing in the garbage, quitting? Then they're going to say, well, yeah, I had this really, you know, I got writer's block and I, I almost quit. That's a really great story. Not why did you decide to write a book? Agree. I want to dig a little bit into your wealth of podcast knowledge, right? Because you've been doing this for longer than most people, probably anybody listening. And I'm sure you've forgotten more about podcasting than most of us know, period, right? (laughs) So what is the biggest mistake or or the, you know, serial mistake maybe um, that you see most podcasters make? Mm, there's so many, there's so many inherently, I mean, I would say from a mindset standpoint, they're too worried about what people will think. So I'm going to do this in three categories. So I'm going to so, do this from a mindset standpoint, a technical standpoint, and then uh, another standpoint. So mindset, worried about what people will think. So this is how it goes. People are like, I want to start a podcast, but I'm worried about what people will think. They launch the podcast, no one listens, and they go, why isn't anybody listening? So they have this kind of like Jekyll and Hyde mentality. If you can learn that you don't need people's approval, like, yes, we're doing the podcast for our audience, but you don't like you don't need people's approval to be a creator. You will create freely. You will create more. Okay. Secondarily, I think that people are afraid to fail. And so they just instead of failing, they'd rather just not do it and which they never make anything from a technical standpoint. I think that it's pretty easy in 2021 to get a decent microphone and sound good on a podcast and too many people don't want to invest. So podcasting's free. So why should I invest in anything in it? And then they go, why can't I make any money? And it's like, well, if you opened up a restaurant and you said, well, I'm just going to put up this little stand and sell tacos, right? It's an investment into your future. So that would be a mistake. And then I really think that people just try to make a podcast a specific length, like my podcast has to be 45 minutes. And so you fill it with junk. And some of the best podcasts I've ever listened to are like five minutes long. So your podcast is as long as it takes you to share that valuable story, the valuable information is not a minute longer. It is not a minute less. Just my opinion. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. I think there's no hard and fast rules about anything, right? Like regarding podcasting, it's like you said, it's a creative process. So no, nobody writes a book and says, well, it has to be 300 pages long yeah. or it has to be, you know, 17 pages ro- long. Like that's not how it works. Anyways. So another question that I had in, in the similar vein is what is one thing that either you did or that listeners uh, who podcast hosts could do that like would positively impact their show? That's a really good question. So I think not trying to make perfect like audio. So Most people, they want to have this like sterile, perfect audio scenario when the real magic happens when you have a happy accident. So I'll give you an example. So my cat's meowing, right? We could freak out about that all day and pull it out. But maybe someone loves cats and they're like, oh, cool. I relate to this more because I heard a cat, right? Or for example, the Beatles, right? So Um, I'll give you a story. John Lennon, they're in the studio, they're recording. The recording engineer accidentally put the tape, so used to record on magnetic tape, put it on backwards. And when you put it on backwards on a tape machine, it plays it backwards. And so he started playing it and the music started to come out backwards and the engineer started to freak out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And John Lennon said, wait, I want to hear this. 
And from then on, John Lennon wanted to hear every single thing he recorded forwards and backwards. And then you listen to some of these Beatles albums where there's backwards stuff, and they were really one of the first people to do that, only because some poor kid accidentally put the reel on backwards. So if you're so focused on perfection, you're missing all the nuances that could be something new or make you more authentic than this sterile, like everyone thinks they need to have this, this perfect radio voice and the perfect sound. No, that's not reality. Reality is that you breathe. Reality is that something might happen. And those are the best parts of podcasts. Like do things that people aren't expecting. Don't do things that people are expecting. That is a great answer. And and I was and just like a, a side note, in relation to your cat meowing, the, the best thing that happens on the shows that I've done is the doorbell rings. And then I have to go and get the doorbell. And then I always leave. I, cu- I cut it short because it's a bit boring if there's just two minutes of dead audio. Yeah. But I'll leave like 10 seconds of I've disappeared and I've come back. That's awesome. Otherwise, that's what, that's what makes it interesting, right? Yeah. So I have some quick fire questions. And like I said, this is the first time that I've done this interview. So you can be as quick or as like detailed as you like to be. But if, if you're ready, then we'll, we'll, we'll just jump through. So I'm thinking I'm going to say a word and you're going to say whatever comes to mind or more realistically what the answer is because there will be an answer. All right, let's go. All right. Who is your podcast host? Sounder FM. Who made your logo? I did in Canva.com. Which microphone are you using right now? This is the Shure SM7B, which is plugged into a cloud lifter, which is a little uh, game booster. And then it's going into a Rodecaster Pro. Awesome. Where do you record your podcast? In this room right here, in this seat, uh, essentially the exact same place we're at right now. What audio editing software do you use? I use Logic Pro X. So I used to use Pro Tools because I was an audio engineer for recording music. And one day Pro Tools wasn't working. I'm an Apple user. So I just was like, I'll try to learn Logic. And I was like, this is the best thing that ever happened. And I've never gone back. Who are your top three favorite podcasters? Mm, So my top three would be uh, Noah Kagan, who has a show called uh, Noah Kagan Presents. My second would be probably, this is a tough question. Um... Chris DeMakes a podcast, which is a guy, he's a guy from a band called Less Than Jake, where he interviews people on how they wrote songs. Oh, that sounds good. Specific to like punk rock, which is the world I used to come from. And I used to love Joe Rogan, but I can't, it takes me like two weeks to make it through an episode. So I'm going to bump him and say Donald Miller has a podcast called uh, Creating a Brand. And I'm really interested in like business marketing just because I'm interested as an entrepreneur. Okay, awesome. I'm going to link all of those in the show notes and probably give them a listen as well. What is one tool or service that has been a game changer for you in your podcasting experience? I would say most recently, there's a company called PodPage where you can build a website for your podcast in literally five minutes. So what he's done, the gentleman's name is Brendan, and he allows you to put your RSS feed in and it builds the website based on your RSS feed. So it create, it pulls in all the episodes, it creates a template for you, and it it's literally a game changer for people who want to have a podcast. It shows your reviews. You can have people leave you voicemails. That one, to me, is very innovative and cr- solved a big problem, which all good businesses solve a problem. Yeah, agreed. So I have one last question, which is what's one piece of advice that you would give to a fellow podcaster that you have learned through your podcasting experience? Stop comparing yourself to other people. Just completely run your race, put the blinders on, do your thing. 
the more time you focus on other people and where they're at and that envy is you basically projecting your potential on somebody else. So it's always good to do research and to kind of know what's going on. But once you start to like feel lack because somebody else is winning, you just need to have a collaborator mindset instead of the competitive mindset. I think that's something I learned as a creator is like looking at other people and being like, oh, why is this Why is this guy so much more famous or popular than I am? And it, t- it just takes away, it just sucks the joy right out of you. It's like, that person isn't me. They'll never be me and I'll never be them. So wh- why am I doing this? Yeah, that's that's a great, uh, great piece of advice. So final, final question is where can people find you online? Um, you know, Instagram, YouTube, I know you have pod decks and I think you have a pod critical. So all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'll give you the big three. So I'm very, 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 very invested in Instagram. I spend 90% of my social media time there and that's at pod decks. And then you can find me at poddex.com, which is my tool for podcasters. It's unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the form of decks of cards or the mobile app, which is a really great tool for people who are tired of staring at a blank piece of paper or don't research, don't know what to ask. And then uh, you can go to podcastbuilderclub.com. So I have a basically all of my courses in one place. It's just in a vault. So they're broken out into micro courses so you can learn what you need when you need it. I got tired of buying courses that were like these epic courses and it took take you forever to finish, but it's not necessarily where you're at when you need it. So I broke it out so you could find what you needed when you needed it. A huge thanks to today's guest, Travis Brown. So much value in that conversation. I hope you took notes and I would highly recommend you check out his show, Podcast Builder Club, wherever you listen to podcasts. And a link to that, along with everything else that we talked about in this conversation, is in the show notes. So for this week's podcast highlight of the week. So each week I'll be highlighting an independent podcast on this show. And that podcast host is going to be sharing a tip or trick or something they've learned on their podcast journey that they think will be useful to help other podcasters in their journey. And so if you want your show to be highlighted on the podcast of the week, then you can do so by going to insidethepod.co slash highlight me. Again, all these links are in the show notes. And each week I'll be picking one of those submissions and I will be highlighting them on this show in this segment. However, As this is the first episode of Inside the Podcast Studio, I got to pick the podcast highlight of the week. And so my podcast highlight of the week is The Podcaster's Journey. So when I came up with the idea for this show, I was going through my podcast app and I was trying to find as many podcasts about podcasting as I could to make sure that one, the show that I wanted to create didn't exist because if it did, then I just wouldn't create it and instead I'd be listening to that. And secondly, to see what other shows were out there so I can make sure that this one was a nice accompaniment for other shows. Like I like to be able to listen to five different podcasts about podcasting. I didn't want to have to, you know, pick because two shows are very similar. So I basically get the same information and then which show do I like better? So when I was looking for all these shows, I found The Podcaster's Journey. So if you're not familiar with the show, so The Podcaster's Journey is essentially a podcast experiment in itself. So each episode is a short, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes five, sometimes a bit longer episode about a podcasting topic. So monetizing your podcast or a really great episode is the new rules of podcasting, which I'm definitely following on this show. So that is awesome. Talking about merchandise or editing your show or how to make your show sound better or talking about podcast reviews and whether or not they matter. So all different podcasting related topics and really, really informative episodes. And the one thing that I like about this show is that it is an experiment. So the show itself is an experiment in how to grow your show 
and how to monetize your show and how to do all the things that they talk about in each episode. So, you know, one of the weeks, Alison Hare, the host of the show, ran a advertising campaign. And then in the next episode, she will tell you how the advertising campaign went and how it affected the numbers. And then a couple of weeks later, what the drop off was like from that initial surge of new listeners to you know a few weeks later and how many stuck around so really really interesting stuff so if you're listening to this then i can assume that you're interested in podcasting and therefore i would highly highly recommend you go and check out the podcaster's journey so that's it for this week's episode i will catch you next week on the next episode of inside the podcast studio just before you go if you enjoyed the show then it would mean a lot to me if you took a second to share it with a friend or fellow podcaster and with that being said question for you what was your top takeaway from today's episode drop me a dm and let me know over on instagram at inside the pod studio a coffee and coding production (laughs) 